Hey y'all, I'm C.G. Townsend, your host of the Being Balanced Podcast, a space full of ways to help you stop the glorification of busyness. We're talking aha moments, must-have resources, real-life wins, and small shifts that lead to incredible impact. Welcome back, friends, to the Being Balanced Podcast. I'm C.G. Townsend, your host, and I pop in every week just to have a conversation with people that I believe are truly living a balanced life. So I am excited to welcome to the show today, Jenna Irvin. And Jenna, I'm just going to pass it right on over to you to get us started. Thank you so much, CJ. It's an honor to be here. Um, Yeah, so I live in Hilton Island, South Carolina currently. Um, The path to getting here for me was full of a lot of twists and turns and a lot of times where I was definitely living an unbalanced life. So um, living balance is something that is very, very important to me and vital in my sanity. But Um, I graduated college in 2017. I went to High Point University in North Carolina and I did college in three years. Um, I decided the first semester of my senior year that I wanted to be a pure bar owner. And for those that aren't familiar with that, it's like a ballet based strength workout. And then we double as a retail boutique. Um, I found the workout in college and just totally fell in love with the fact that that technique took me out of my head. I I didn't feel like I was competing with myself or competing with anyone else. It felt like this safe space to come as I was. And in your early adulthood, that is just a privilege that I don't feel like we get in very many spaces. So I was, became an approved owner that first semester of my senior year of college. And I opened a studio in Maryland about eight months after graduating. And I had never been to Maryland. I made the decision because it was a good, well, this part of Maryland, um, I made the decision because it was a good business decision and a good market for a studio. And the studio took off. I was blown away by the success and how quickly it came, but I was struggling deeply with personal unhappiness. I didn't have a very good first round of hiring. So I was working a lot. A lot of the responsibility fell on me and the life that I had personally felt so out of alignment. Professionally, I felt like I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. I just didn't feel like I was in the right place. Um, I grew up vacationing in Hilton Head Island, and I found out that the studio was for sale that July. My studio had opened in Maryland in March, and it was this full body yes. I believe that intuitively we always know what we need everything that comes after that is the justification of the world. And when we allow that to speak louder than our heart, that's when living out of alignment comes into play. And I had no idea if it was feasible or if this was a path that I could take, but I just knew that I had to try. And I honestly really was unsure what I was even making in Maryland. I've never been someone who is super financially focused anyway, but um, I was just so busy and my studio demanded so much of me 
that I had no clue. So I called my bookkeeper who was a saint and who kept my books from being a total mess that first year. Cause I definitely did not play an integral yeah. role in that. Um, and she's like, Jenny, you can sell your studio. Like this is, this is something that you can do if, if that's what you want. And I just cried and cried. And it was like this, it was a mixture of feeling sad because this was something that I had created from the ground up. And I had went into it thinking it was going to be forever. It was like, you know, I'm opening this brick and mortar business. Like this is my life. This is where I'm at. And dealing with the loss of that, the pivot of that, but then also stepping into this place, this studio that just felt so in alignment with my heart on both a personal and professional level. Um, you know, I struggled with the selfishness of that because it felt like it was a decision I was making for myself. Um, and that I was disappointing people in the process. So it was a very tough choice. Um, but I made the decision to purchase Hilton Head and sell Maryland. So I closed on the sale of my Maryland studio on December 21st of 2018. And I purchased Hilton Head Island January 3rd of 2019. Um, and I've been the owner I still currently am. And my job literally lights my spirit on fire. Um, but I'm also living a life that is now personally in alignment as well, which has made all the difference in the world for me. So in that, I have stepped into coaching a little bit because it's a natural extension of holding space for people to step into their power and into their light. And that I truly believe is my calling in this world. So that is a little bit about me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what an incredible story. Thank you. I'm literally on the edge of my seat right now. And I was not. <laughs> when we first started this conversation, I was just kind of sitting here thinking, okay, well, I'm going to talk to Jenna today about balance. I am literally like blown away um, by your story. And if anybody else was keeping up with the dates and the timing, I'm a big date person and <laughs> I'm, I'm really in, I'm really into timelines. Um, and <laughs> I literally had to take a step back and say, wait a minute, it's 2019 right now. Um, so this is all very recent. This yes, is, is basically a current <laughs> event. Um, so I have so many questions for you Go back here a little bit. So yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm actually going to do that. So one thing that um, I can share with listeners is that I'm a Pure Bar enthusiast. Um, I've been taking Pure Bar for almost six years, and I taught for a little over a year and a half. And so oh, wow. I am intimately familiar with the behind the scenes and the operations. So first and foremost, kudos to you for the growth that you experienced so quickly. Um, and I don't think that it only had to do with the fact that, you know, your bar's popular and you were in a great market and things like that. I think it's a true testament to you um, and your willpower and the work that you put in. Um, so that's first of all. Um, I, I, I think it's really, really important to just pause on that because if you're not <laughs> familiar with Pure Bar, then you're thinking, oh yeah, you know, it's a a place people go and they work out and you know no big deal but trust me you guys this is a big deal so there's that um and then also you made a comment about being out of alignment and I just want to dive a little bit deeper into that yeah. um because I think when people hear the word balance they automatically think about the stereotypical work-life balance like they mm -hmm. think about oh you know this 50-50 split where I've got to master both things but your word 
that you used, alignment, really kind of speaks to my soul because (laughs) I think that we forget that it's really a holistic approach. Like, do I feel and like this is serving me? Do I feel like I'm doing things in the way that I'm supposed to be doing them? And so I can show up as the best version of myself. Yeah. So I would love for you to kind of share with us how you moved from that space, like that personal life alignment space to now being a person that's coaching others to make that full body yes and things that light you on fire and just all of those words that you drop that I'm like, man, that is an evolution. I love that you do pure bar. I actually added you on Instagram today and I saw your story doing pure reform and I was like, oh, this is so cool. It's always great to connect with people that understand the technique a little bit. Um, Yeah. But yeah, no, I think that for me, I've always, everyone's always told me that I'm an old soul. Like I've gotten that my whole life, but I've always been really in tune with myself and with my emotions, almost to a fault. And so when I'm living out of alignment, it's like, I'm so aware of it. It's present in every realm of my life. And it's like, I can't hide from it. Um, And so in Maryland, it was speaking so loudly to me, mostly because I was extended in every definition of the word personally, professionally. I was in a town where I really truly did not know a soul. And so it was this space of like only having myself to lean on. And when you only have yourself to lean on and you're living in a way that is out of alignment with what is sacred to you, it's this like hardcore wake up call. Like this is not going to work. This is not doable long term. And as hard as it was to go through that chapter alone, um, and I had family and friends support, but no one that was in that town, like no one that was there on a daily basis to truly like be that support for me. And um, when I look back on that part of my story, it honestly feels like it was 10 years ago. I feel like I've lived a decade in the last year and a half. <laughs> um, but when I look back on that time period, I'm I'm thankful for the growth that transpired there, but it's a very uncomfortable place to be in because when you recognize that you're living out of alignment, you're still in some sort of a comfort and safe space with what that day-to-day looks like for you. And so the decision to step out of what feels comfortable and safe, and whether that's safe emotionally, or for me, it was a safe space financially, it was a safe space of being successful as a career woman, like it was the safe space of having all of these things that people tell you are supposed to bring you this happy life, you know, Mm -hmm. and recognizing that those two things were not lining up for me. And Mm -hmm. so making the decision to um, come to Hilton Head and to step out of that comfort and into this life that I did feel like was in alignment was terrifying. Um, And I think that that's a lot of times what holds us back is like the courage to take that first step. And sometimes it's around whether or not we're even worthy of living in alignment. Like so many of us struggle with that deep belief that we're not worthy of what sets our heart on fire. And so I think the first step around that is giving yourself permission to drop into what those things are for you so that you can actually practically put them into play in your life. Um, and I had mentioned like intuitively, I truly believe that we all know what that is, but Mm -hmm. it's like any other relationship that you have in your life. If you're, you know, talking to a friend and you're reaching out consistently and you're not receiving any response from her for months, eventually you're going to stop reaching out. You're going to stop trying to send her 
those messages of love and support. And it's the same thing with yourself. If you're ignoring your cues and your intuition Mm -hmm. and what feels so valuable to you, if you're shutting that down and pushing it to the deepest part of yourself for such a long period of time, eventually those cues aren't recognizable to you anymore. So you convince yourself that what you're doing is fine when in reality, you're just kind of out of touch with what is sacred to you. Um, And I think doing the work around that is kind of the first step to getting to that place of living in alignment. I am so inspired by how well you know yourself. (laughs) Well, thank you. I, I think that so many people just, don't really know themselves or they're not honest enough with themselves so that they can actually make a pivot, make a change, know, like be able to listen to what they know is happening. Like, like just be in tune with yourself. I, that is just a really powerful trait. Oh my goodness. Being that you are so in tune with yourself, I'd love to shift gears here a little bit and talk about some of the demands of others, right? And like yeah. society. So talk of um, gender and race barriers, um, especially like in the business space, entrepreneur space, as well as corporate America is something that is always prevalent. I mean, it's something we're, we're typically talking about a lot. Like we want women to have equal pay. We want people of color to have a seat at the table. But one thing that we don't talk about a lot is ageism Mm -hmm. and the barriers that can come with being younger at times um, than your peers and any challenges there, you know, at a, at a time when most people were going through their senior year of college and partying and celebrating, you know, this next chapter in their life, you were applying to be a pure bar owner. Um, <laughs> let's share with us any barriers, um, if you had any, that related to your age. Yeah, um, I absolutely love that question because I don't think that it's talked about enough. And I think that that's what holds so many young people back from going for it is feeling like they don't deserve space yet because they haven't accomplished enough. And I, I hate that belief. And I think for me, I absolutely had to deal with that. And you, there's there's multiple facets to it because there's some people that want to believe that you got where you got because of somebody else. So whether that was your parents facilitating it or somebody else financing it or, you know, somebody handing it to you, it's like you'll have a lot of people that are going to throw that at you. Um, And in the beginning, I got so defensive. Like if I would get a message about how I funded my studio or, and trust me, people are not shy about asking those questions or about passing along their beliefs Um, which was very shocking for me because Mm. I was just, I was Mm -hmm. raised in a way where like, I don't discuss people's finances with them. That's none of my business. It's not something I care to care to have a conversation with, with someone that I don't know, but there are people that don't have a problem asking those questions and it can be really uncomfortable. And I got very defensive in the beginning. I felt like I needed to explain myself and explain to people that I got here on my own and that I paid for things and I was doing this myself. And that gets really exhausting because you're explaining mm. things to people who really don't actually deserve the extension of your energy that you're giving them. And so for me, when I met with resistance in my age, cause I'm, I'm still, I'm 23. So I still receive it. I have, you know, 
Um, my employees are all older than me. And in that space, I feel very respected and supported. They have never, it's never really been an issue for me as a boss necessarily my age. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like the judgment from the outside world can absolutely put a weight on your shoulders. And I think that our insecurities only have power if we give it to them. And for the longest time I was, I was giving all of those insecurities power. I was allowing those words to weigh me down and to make me ask the question, like, am I worthy of being here? Have I done enough to deserve this position in the world? And the only person that can answer that question is myself. Like I'm the only one that should have the power to answer that. And when I'm giving other people that power, then I'm allowing that mask of my insecurities to be the first thing that people see of me because I can't step outside of that. Um, And so for me, it's something that I try not to be hyper focused on. I'm very honest Mm -hmm. about my age, but I don't think that, you know, the same way that gender and race and all of those things should never even be something that is brought into a conversation on whether or not somebody deserves something. It's the Mm -hmm. same way with how old you are. It's like, if you are doing the work, you are showing up, you are here for it, then you deserve all the success, whether you're 20 or you're 40. And that decision to go for it is just as courageous and just as vital, no matter how old you are. And so Mm -hmm. I think recognizing that and you giving yourself permission to take up space, then other people are automatically going to be like, oh, she knows she deserves to be here. So I'm not going to question her. But when we're sitting with our insecurities, we open that space for other people to just dive right in and make them deeper. So your plate seems to be a bit full just from our <laughs> just from our conversation, you know, even with your move to Hilton Head. Um, share with us how you slow down. It, you know, are there practices? Is it is it a ritual, your morning routine? Just we're curious to know. Yeah, definitely. Um, my dad always joked with me growing up that I have two speeds. I'm either 100 miles per hour or zero miles per hour that I could never, I could never quite find that middle speed. Um, so that has been a struggle for me always. Um, I think for me, it's being really sacred with the things that are important to me. And that is time to move my body. That's time to sit in stillness. That's time to cuddle with my puppy enjoy a cup of coffee uninterrupted. It's those things. And it's the things that are really easy because the agreements that we make with ourselves are the most important, but they often are also the easiest ones to break because we feel like we can push them to the side. And I was talking with a friend today and she's like, if you can't make, if you can't keep a promise to yourself, you have no business mm-hmm. being in business. And I, I was like, whoa, girl, preach, because that is like so <laughs> true. You know, it's like, it's like those promises that you keep to yourself or keep, with yourself are going to set the tone and the scope for the promises that you keep to the rest of the world. And so I find that that intentionality kind of starts within. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, uh, I absolutely love the beach. I feel like I come alive (laughs) there in a, in a different way than I do in the rest of my world. So um, I commit to that three times a week at an absolute minimum. And that's an hour no headphones, no phone, no connection to the world of just like walking and being in tune um, with what shows up. I have a little Mm -hmm. golden retriever puppy. He's my whole world. Um, and so time (laughs) with him is also very important. And I find that like, it's little moments, like it doesn't have to be, I think self-care has gotten this really big rap on social media and it like, 
I feel like people get the idea that it needs to be this extravagant thing. It can literally yes. be five, five minutes with a cup of coffee where you just like close your eyes and drop into how you're feeling. Like it doesn't have to be a bubble bath with dark chocolate and like all of the things, you know, yes. not that those aren't yes. great, but I think sometimes we set unrealistic expectations for Absolutely. our self-care practices. Um, and so for me, it's been just kind of tuning into those simple things and trying to not be distracted while I'm doing them. So the lack of phone, even if it is five minutes, because some days I have more time to disconnect than others, but whatever time I do have, making sure that it is fully disconnected. You are so right about the self-care Saturday and self-care Sunday (laughs) phenomenon. Self-care is not just massages and facials and bubble baths. So much more than that. Those are all great things to do. Um, and it also doesn't have to be a trip to Bali um, for yoga exactly. retreat. You know exactly. I mean? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's literally just taking a minute to love on yourself. And that looks yes. different for a lot of different people. And it could be multiple things. Um, it doesn't yeah. have to be one very prescriptive thing that you're committed to doing just to do your self-care Sunday hashtag. Well, yeah. And it doesn't have to be happy either. And I think that that's like right. been the biggest lesson for me is like, sometimes it's five minutes to cry. Like if you need yes. to stand in the shower and let the hot water hit your face and cry because you had a hard day, that's self-care. Like that's releasing those emotions that you don't want to hold on to anymore. And it's giving yourself the space to do that so that that emotion is just a visitor and no longer like this permanent part of who you are. Um, and so I think that it's like, it doesn't have to be Instagrammable for it to be considered a self-care practice. And so whatever that looks like, like allowing yourself, you know, I have some friends that are moms and like, that's just closing the door. It's taking five minutes, like a way of just silence, like whatever that is giving yourself permission to know that yours doesn't have to look like anyone else's. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned just now that you have some friends that are moms and um, oftentimes I have these great conversations with people about navigating friendships as an adult Um, and, you know, showing up as a great friend in a way that you define great friendships and things like that. I'd love to know how you have managed, if you've even managed, I mean, I think that that's the, that's the better part of the question, you know, tell give us a a pulse check here. Um, How, you've managed the relationship side of this? You know, you've had a move, you're a business owner, you've been working a lot, you know, wondering how things are going to happen and, you know, checking in on, should I sell Maryland and move to Hilton Head, etc. So how have you navigated kind of that relationship side of things? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think romantically, I was, I'm, I'm just now reopening. I was in a very serious relationship when I moved to Maryland, one that meant a lot to me and it kind of ended abruptly. Um, and when you're in a new town and don't, I mean, breakups are hard all the time, but when you're somewhere Mm -hmm. new and then that person that you thought was eventually going to join that story is no longer a part of it. It kind of just, my heart just closed. I didn't have the, the strength or the time or the emotional capacity to even fathom healing and reopening. So that's been um, a new thing for me and something that I feel like I've grown a lot in, in the past couple of months, but As far as um, friendships go, this season is teaching me how important it is to be vulnerable in my friendships because no one knows what you need unless you tell them. And so I think that sometimes in friendships, we expect to know when, like we expect our friends to know when we need support, when we need love, when we need all of those things without necessarily vocalizing that. And so for me, I have a core group of friends and this season has definitely 
forced me to let go of friendships that were not in alignment and that were not like we weren't serving each other equally. Like it just wasn't a relationship that was going to continue forward into the next season. And, you know, that's a lesson to learn too, just because someone was a vital part of one chapter of your book does not mean they're supposed to be a main character of your whole story. And so giving yourself permission to kind of release those friendships that you've outgrown or is totally okay. But the friendships that are vital and important to you, you have to be really intentional about keeping that alive and that looks differently Mm -hmm. for me all of the time and it's definitely something that for the first couple months of owning my Maryland studio I totally failed at and so it looked it looked like me reaching out three months after my Maryland studio was open and being like I'm really sorry like I have really been terrible at showing up for you and I apologize because you deserve to be a priority regardless of what's going on in my world but I failed to honor that and so I think it's unrealistic for us to think we're going to be incredible friends all the time, just the same Mm. way that we're not incredible at anything that we do all Mm -hmm. the time. So taking ownership for when you fail to show up, it goes such a long way with those people because they love you. They're going to want that same grace in return when they're walking through a season where they're not able to show up for you as their best self. And um, I think that it took me longer than it should have to take ownership for that. But once I did, it was like this space of allowing them to forgive me and for me to move forward, knowing that it's okay to ask for forgiveness when we fail to show up the way that we hope that we can. Um, Mm -hmm. And now it looks like carving out time in my calendar to be intentional about investing in those friendships that I wouldn't be myself, like I wouldn't be fully in alignment without. Um, and that's a phone call for some, cause I have friends that are kind of all over the place at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a standing dinner date with others. And it's like only canceling that date. If it's something that is absolute emergency, um, because the excuses and the stories around why we can't do something a lot of times are just emotional work that we're subconsciously sabotaging, um, the things that are important to us. So, um, I think that allowing it to be a priority in this phase of my life, I show up as a better version of myself uh, when I'm allowing those relationships to grow and be a vital part of the picture. I, again, am on the edge of my seat. (laughs) And also taking notes because, um, you know, admittedly, I'm in a season of life right now where friendships just don't seem to jive the same way that they used to. And it's, it's been kind of a weird space to be in. Um, and so I'm so very grateful um, for you for sharing your, your personal experience and that I'm definitely going to write down and just kind of meditate on a little bit is that grace giving part. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when folks don't necessarily show up in a way that you would like for them to show up, you have to extend that grace because there's no telling when you might also not be able to show up in a way that they need you. Um, So I, you know, that, that I think is the hardest part to just wrap your head around Um, and, and give that grace in advance, knowing that, you know, we're, we're all human um, and we all, we all can fall short and, and not be the type of person that we would like to be depending on the season that we're in. Um, And so you just have to, you have to understand. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that that, that giving and receiving grace is, vital in so many elements of life because it's, you know, it's like allowing yourself to receive can be really challenging, but also that, that giving piece of it when you really needed someone and they failed to be there or vice versa, you know, it's this space of allowing yourself to be disappointed or to maybe take note of where the relationship is and the work that it needs to get back to that healthy place. But 
also recognizing that different seasons bring different things for people. And Mm -hmm. we don't exactly know what's going on in someone else's story, even if they are a close friend, like when we're out of touch with that, it's, it's not our job to jump in with a judgment. It's more the job to extend the grace that we would hope to receive in that exact same situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So all I can say about our conversation thus far is that if you're coaching sessions or anything like this, um, <laughs> I need all of us to sign up immediately. <laughs> Thank I just, you. I, if you dream as naturally as you breathe and are searching for the courage to chase what sets your spirit on fire, you're in the right place. Yes. And I, in that moment, I kind of just stopped and I mean, it was like a deep breath moment for me. And, you know, if you were on an elevator with someone and you literally had 60 seconds to kind of explain what that right place is, like, what is this place and this space that you're creating? What would you say to them? Well, I think if given 60 seconds, which I love that, because I think that sometimes we put a lot of words around something that could really be heard and felt more deeply if we were able to summarize it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that it's opening yourself to be seen. I feel like that is the biggest thing because we tend to wear insecurities like they're a mask. And so if I had 60 seconds to explain to someone the space that I was trying to create, it would be the safe space to step into all that you are and know that you're going to be held fiercely accountable, but that you're also going to be supported, loved, and appreciated for who you are right here in this moment without any addition or any growth or anything that you're telling yourself that you need to do to be more than what you already are. Like you're already enough. So the decision to grow is just this courageous opportunity to continue expanding, but it's not the search of whether or not I'm enough or whether or not I deserve to be here. You already are all of those things. So this space is just that reminder that this is who you are. This is what you deserve. And hopefully giving you the power to expand into that. That is really, really um, powerful. And I don't take for granted that at this moment and in this time and in this place, we were supposed to have this conversation. Um, so I, I think it's very, very, very powerful. And I don't want to miss the moment. What's the best way to kind of keep up with all of the awesome things that you have going on? Yeah, for sure. I'm the most active on my Instagram account. I'm just at Jenna Urban. So J-E-N-N-A-I-R-V-I-N. And my website is linked on that page as well. But my website's just J standing tall.com because I'm six foot two. I don't know if I mentioned that in this conversation. So um, the standing tall through life's challenges has kind of always been my, um, I guess, motto in this world a little bit, but um, I've been this tall since fifth grade. So it's just kind of like become become a part of my identity. But yeah, so my website is there. And then um, I share on Instagram quite a bit on my stories and my posts and uh, my blog is through my website as well. So I would love for everyone to stay in touch and reach out with any questions and um, all my coaching information is on my website as well. Before we go, I just have got to ask you at six foot two, (laughs) I mean, I am standing tall at maybe five, three and a half ish. Um, So I just want to know, like, how does that impact you with working out at Pure Bar with the bar being such like a standard type? 
It's so funny that you say that. We have, um, it, there's only one move where I feel like it's super noticeable and I've just like learned how to joke about it. My height actually used to be a really big insecurity for me um, because when you're that tall in fifth grade, you're taller than every single man in all of school. So it's like this, yes. very, it's like this very weird space of like, and you know, I didn't just grow. Like I was also developing. So my body was like, I yes. looked like I was in 10th grade at fifth grade and it was like, okay, this is, this is a lot. Um, and so in the workout space, I feel like, the insecurity really dug deep because I struggled with things. My body was long. It took me a really long time to kind of get coordinated and um, learn how to be agile. And so pure part for me, if you had told me in high school that this is what I was going to do for a living, I would have literally laughed at you. I could not touch my toes. Like it was, I was the least flexible person on the planet. Um, and so pure bar is like this, the first space where I've actually like grown into my height and learned to love it. But there's one move where you have to put yourself against the bar where I'm sure, you know, where like your back's all the way against the mat. And so my head yes. doesn't, my head doesn't fit underneath the bar. And so every time I teach that or I demo it, I'm like, y'all are just going to have to imagine my head behind the bar. Cause I get a concussion if I try to like squeeze <laughs> myself in between. So, um, but yeah, I think that, uh, for me, it's just been learning how to like move my muscles in a way that, um, and knowing things feel differently. Like there's certain positions which actually helps me relate to my clients who need modifications or, you know, have different things with because everybody is so different, but there's things that I can't do because it just doesn't feel good. Or I feel it in my knees instead of where I'm supposed to be feeling it. So I modify it. And, um, you know, it's actually been a beautiful thing to learn how to move in a way that honors my body's needs. I love that. And y'all, that was just like a bonus question. I was just so intrigued <laughs> by the fact that Jenna is 6'2". I just had to know. And if you're curious about um, the move that she described, that's why you have to go to Pure Bar. Um, exactly. You have to go check it out, um, what we're even talking about. But thank you. Thank you, Jenna, so much for your time and for sharing space with me today. It has brought me such great joy um, and has been such a bonus um, from what I actually expected. I thought we were just going to kind of chat about balance and I'm walking away feeling so much more empowered, encouraged and inspired um, than I ever could have imagined. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for holding the space. This has been a very beautiful addition to my afternoon today. So I'm very thankful for that. You are welcome. So you guys tune in next week um, for an all new episode. And also, as you're listening to these conversations, feel free to share a review. Tell us what you're thinking. Tell us what you loved. Tell us what you think we could improve. Tell us all the things. So thank you guys again for tuning in to another episode of the Being Balanced podcast.